Hi friends, and welcome to another episode of the Oakham Church Podcast. Are you in for a treat today? Because we have a special guest on the podcast this week. I thought it has been long enough that you just hear my voice coming into your ears whilst you're doing the washing up or on a run. Um, So next to me on the sofa, all the way from the other side of the sofa, is Mrs Janine Parks. Yeah! That's where we put the cheering in as an edit. She's shaking her head at me. Anyway, Janine has, uh, under duress, agreed to read us the letter from Paul in prison to his friend Philemon today. And uh, then we're going to just see what happens. It might just be literally you hearing the beautiful dulcet tones of my wife reading you this weird letter from prison. Or we might end up going into a very strange conversation afterwards. Uh, so, hello, Janine. Hello, Stephen. Uh, are you excited? Overwhelmed with excitement. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, well, we've got very nice hazelnut co- coffee in front of us. And I can see you've got the Bible open, so uh, I'll hand over to you. Thanks. From Paul, who is a prisoner for the cause of Christ Jesus, and our brother Timothy, to Philemon, our dearly loved co-worker, Afia, our sister, Archippus, our fellow soldier, and the church that meets in your house. May the grace and peace from our God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Philemon, I thank my God every time I mention you in my prayers because I've heard of your love and faithfulness which you have both for the Lord Jesus and for all of God's people. I pray that your partnership in the faith might become effective by an understanding of all that is good among us in Christ. I have great joy and encouragement because of your love since the hearts of God's people are refreshed by your actions, my brother. Therefore, Though I have enough confidence in Christ to command you to do the right thing, I would rather appeal to you through love. I, Paul, an old man and now also a prisoner for Christ Jesus, appeal to you for my child Onesimus. I became his father in the faith during my time in prison. He was useless to you before, but now he is useful to both of us. I am sending him back to you, which is like sending you my own heart. I considered keeping him with me so that he might serve me in your place during my time in prison because of the gospel. However, I didn't want to do anything without your consent so that your act of kindness would occur willingly and not under pressure. Maybe this is the reason that Anissimus was separated from you for a while, so that you might have him back forever. No longer as a slave, but more than a slave. That is, as a dearly loved brother. He is especially a dearly loved brother to me. How much more can he become a brother to you, personally and spiritually, in the Lord? So, if you really consider me a partner, welcome Anissimus as if you were welcoming me. If he has harmed you in any way or owes you money, charge it to my account. I, Paul, will pay it back to you. I'm writing this with my own hand. Of course, I won't mention that you owe me your life. Yes, brother, I want this favour from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. I'm writing to you, confident of your obedience and knowing that you will do more than what I ask. Also, one more thing. Prepare a guest room for me. 
I hope that I will be released from prison to be with you because of your prayers. Epaphras, who is in prison with me for the cause of Christ Jesus, greets you, as well as my co-workers Mark, Aristarchus, Demas and Luke. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Wow, that's how you read a letter. I just kind of Forrest Gump my way through it normally, but that's I'm just going to have to get you to read every week on the podcast for me from now on. Flattery will get you everywhere, Stephen. (laughs) Also coffee. (laughs) So... The, th- the thing we were looking at last week um, when looking at this letter, obviously the main thing was thinking about transformation. So uh, transformation in Paul's own life, so in his own personal story, but also transformation um, in uh, the way that he writes in his letters as well. And then looking at what that means for our own transformation in our lives as individuals and also the transformation when we get together as the church and um, so with all that said we were thinking last week about freedom so I was wondering if anything kind of stood out to you or you hadn't noticed when you'd read it from previously or reading it in that version things were put in a slightly different way or anything like that the um part where Paul asks um, for Anisimus to be welcomed back as no longer a slave but more than a slave, as a dearly loved brother um, that in this translation felt even more um, almost as if he were offering him freedom not just from slavery but from the other burdens that he might have been carrying from what had obviously gone wrong in their relationship yeah. as slave owner and slave. Yeah. Yeah, because he'd run a, he'd run away from Philemon at some point, and we don't quite know what we're not given the details of what had gone on in 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 that issue. Um, we uh, either he's escaped or he's done something, caused some kind of harm or committed some kind of crime um, and then, then has run away as a result of that. And, yeah, we don't we don't understand that, but, that, yeah, the way that it's written in that version is, like, it seems even more stressed than some of the other versions that I've read about how um, this kind of welcoming him back, uh, not as a slave no longer as a slave but as a as a brother and a, a dearly loved brother and he, you, even the way you read it as well it came across even more so that Paul was like urging Philemon he was like almost begging him to to see things differently from now on yeah he's also he's almost um it's the freedom that he gives to Philemon too where he says that he won't mention that he owes him his life yeah that that freedom that he's being offered through Paul yeah. from what he may owe him from times gone by. Yeah, he says to me, you owe me your owe me your life or owe me your very self or something like yeah. that. And again, we want more details from that. I, I wanna know what Why? what's happened in the past to 
and Paul is just tipping his hat slightly to it and like a little bit of a wink to Philemon. He knows Philemon knows what Paul means, even if nobody else does. And because obviously this was written, it wasn't intended to be something that went into a into a holy text for people to read thousands of years ago and later the other side of the world. So like this was just between those two as far as Paul was concerned at that point. But yeah, that's a really interesting way of thinking about the freedom aspect of not just offering this slave, this servant, Onesimus, his actual physical freedom, but also in the act of doing that, what kind of freedom that's given to Philemon as well. Yeah. Um, it's freeing him from living in this way that the culture of that day said, you're either the owner of a person or a person who is owned by someone else and those were the two categories and this is Paul's way of kind of beginning that transformational journey with Philemon and with Onesimus and with himself about the fact that this isn't the way that it has to go just because it's the way that other people are doing it doesn't mean it has to be the the way which is really interesting and all of that without even thinking about the the last part before the, the final greeting where he um, says that he hopes that he'll be spending time in Philemon's guest room soon because he will be free himself from prison because of Philemon's prayers. Yes. Um, so then there's freedom freedom from, for Paul from, yeah. from the chains of prison as well. And then uh, this week's focus is another F because, you know, we love our alliteration in uh, this house um so not only are we looking at freedom last week but this week uh, we're looking at family and the family of god so i was wondering if there's anything that you uh, kind of gleaned from reading that with through that lens as well of, of family paul uses um uses a lot of terminology um, relating to family, yeah. calling Anisimus his child, him becoming his father, um, and then saying that they're brothers mm-hmm. as well. Uh, it's really obvious that his feelings towards this person are strong, a dearly loved brother. Um, I just, I, that like flew out straight away. Um, that terminology is very similar to the terminology that God uses about us in the Bible it feels like the father and child thing is um, almost mirroring that relationship yeah it's a very strong and in that in that culture again the whole kind of Greco-Roman thing family was a a really big important thing and there was a hierarchy to that as well wasn't there and so by keep repeating these these same themes of, of family but with these people who really shouldn't have anything to do with each other you've got uh like a, a pharisaic jew who's thrown in prison even and even him within himself is conflicted because he's jewish but he's also for some somehow we don't know how got roman citizenship as well so he's in the eyes of rome he's a roman but in his own eyes as well he's also a jew and now he's not either of those things because he's a follower of Jesus and not only that then you've got this um, uh, Gentile slave owner and this Gentile slave 
and all of these people shouldn't have anything to do with each other if you'd have spoken to um, Saul before he was Paul at pre-conversion um, he wouldn't have dreamed of writing a letter to a Gentile let alone uh, kind of talking to them in this very intimate familial way would he? No. So it's really interesting that the, just the growth and the journey that, that even Paul himself is on. So then just just to finish with um, any kind of application that you can think of where that's speaking into your life here and now of what it means to be a Jesus follower in 2021 in England um, which is very again very far removed from first century um, Middle Eastern areas and with all that sort of stuff but then in a way lots of the cultural stuff and the ideas of of ownership and the hierarchies and where people fit and what people can do and can't do they still they still are in play today just they're worded in a different way or they go kind of unspoken don't they yeah, there's a um, a real overriding sense for me of forgiveness, being asked to um, to turn the other cheek, as it were. Obviously, not that exact quote, but um, and to um, almost be the bigger person and to accept somebody who may have you perceived as done wrong to welcome them into your arms. Um, but also the part where Paul says that he um, anything that he owes you, he'll charge it to his account. Uh, it says um, in any if he's harmed you in any way or owes you money. So anything like that that we can take for somebody um, in prayer to God, rather than them holding those kinds of negative feelings in and not being able to deal with them yeah. um, that felt yeah and it t- t- ties in perfectly with the freedom thing as well doesn't it because yeah. that idea of forgiveness is it's not just doing something for Onesimus as a slave being forgiven of whatever's gone on in the past um, but it also does something to Philemon as the person forgiving as well, isn't it? Like when, when forgiveness happens, it's not just the person being forgiven. Um, there's a there's a freedom there. And that family relationship can be not just restored, as Paul says. He, he doesn't want him to just welcome him back as a slave, which would have been a big enough ask as it was if someone had wronged you in that way. To even just have them back at the same level that they left on would would be a big enough ask but he's saying I don't don't want you to do that I want you to welcome him back as a brother as yeah. part of your family um I don't want you um having him wait wait on you and serve you at your table anymore I want I want him sat round the table with you and your family and that's that's a big kind of eye opening difference there isn't it yeah I think that was one of Paul's points is that he'd heard about he says in the letter, doesn't he, heard about how much Philemon and that group that are meeting in his kind of house church at that time, how much they're loving and how much that love is getting around and affecting the people around them. And that word he's got back to Paul and that's offered him, what was it, joy and encouragement. So as he sat there in prison where you think they're the least joyful place and the least possible place you could receive any kind of encouragement from, it would be 
just totally humiliating and soul-destroying, I would have thought. And yet, he's able to receive joy and encouragement from hearing about what Philemon's done. But Paul's saying, that's good, but it's not enough. There's, there's more there's to do. And it's the fact that he has this confidence that whatever he asks of Philemon, Philemon's going to do. And that I think it might be um, suggesting to us that as brothers and sisters in Christ, that anything that we ask of our brothers and sisters that involves um, some kind of forgiveness or kindness in any way, we can expect them to mm. um, to to help us with that and to um, and to be a Philemon, and that it will pay them back tenfold. Like you said, it has just as much to do with the person who's asking as the person who's asked. Yeah. That's wonderful. And just to, to think that so often we we don't, even with, like with things like asking for prayer or asking for help, we, we don't want to do that to, for people, do we? We don't want to ask ask people to pray for us or to to help us out in any way. It might be even in a little, the smallest of things, and yet for whatever reason we might be proud or feel like they've already got too much on their plates and we, they, they don't need to be bothered by us. And so we, we don't ask for one reason or another. And yet here we quite clearly get in the, the picture image that we need to, that's what we need to do and that's yeah. what we need to be. And that when God asks things of us that we need mm. to be um, fully open and obedient to it as well because as much as us being the Philemon in this, we're also the... Um, um, God is the Paul, yeah. so... Yeah. Just that, that wonderful picture at the end, like you said as well, of him being released from prison at some point. He's yeah. expecting it and that he'll be able to come and see that this thing that he's asked has, has happened, that he hasn't told Philemon what to do, like a teacher or an, uh, an angry like parent or figure. He's, he said, I could, I could tell you to tell you what to do. I have every right to. But I'm not going to. I want. I want the love that you have, and the the way that you see how you've been forgiven of things, and how you've been treated in the past, to inform what you do now. And that's that's a perfect application for us as well, isn't yeah. it? That we we need to live out of this understanding of all that God has done for us, and that that should then affect what we do for each other. Lovely. What a fab chat. <laughs> that was fantastic um so yeah uh, let us know in the um in the podcast email uh, what you think about this format whether you like this discussion base and um, we we've got options to do interviews and other different various things as well and get guest people in to just completely take over the podcast for for weeks and and that sort of stuff so yeah let us know at the ocp at mail.com and uh, with that said, um, we offer you grace and peace. Mm-hmm.